0: Composer and producer Ian Holquist has lived multiple lives. He's a founding member of the internationally renowned band Passion Pit. He's produced remixes for bands like Imagine Dragons, Tegan and Sarah, and OK Go. And he's scored more films and TV shows in the last seven years than some composers do in a lifetime. This episode, we chat with Ian about the importance of human interaction, how pop production can influence film scoring, and being a new parent. Afterwards, we premiere his new piece, Take Two. Stick around.
1: Welcome to Chamber House,
0: Ian. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you for having me. So you're a pretty prolific composer. I mean, you're. It seems like you're always working on something. How has it been working during the pandemic?
1: It's been mostly good. I actually had an indie film that, funny enough, had been this project that had been kind of loosely involved with for like five years that my friend was trying to get made, and then they'd finally filmed it in December. So they were actually editing as lockdown was happening. Um, So I think for a moment, it might have been like the only project in Hollywood that was still running. Um, And then thankfully, kind of kept me busy through June or July. And then since then, it's kind of been a lot of on and off. Um, I am working on a a doc series right now, but it's kind of been a lot of work really hard for a few days, and then it'll be quiet for a few weeks, and you go back. But that's actually been really nice because we have a new baby that has taken up a lot of oh, my yeah. attention. Oh, yeah,
0: congratulations. Thank you. What's that been like? Because both you and your wife are working composers, so I imagine it's been a challenge in a lot of ways, but also rewarding as well.
1: It's It's been really interesting she's six months old, which means we're six months into the pandemic because she was literally born, I think, the week after lockdown started. But it also means that, uh, you know, productions are picking back up. TV is going to start back up any minute. So we, you know, the past month or so, we've really been trying to figure out how do you give enough attention to a baby while having two creative musicians in the house who are workaholics. (laughs) right? (laughs) Um, Yeah. So that's kind of where our brains are at. And you know we're finding workarounds we're doing a lot of thankfully the schedules aren't full-on right now so we're doing a lot of like taking turns it's gotten easier the older she gets the easier it gets but it was we've definitely had some tough days for sure you know thankfully uh, los angeles has made it super easy for people to get tested so we have a lot of friends who like we almost had a standing coffee date with a, a friend couple for a while because we were just like all right i got tested you get tested cool we can hang out but like we still do social distancing and all that stuff but honestly being around humans makes me feel so much better. Um, which is funny because before this, we're like, I don't want to go out. I don't want to see anybody just leave me home. (laughs) And now I'm just like, Oh my God, please. I need to see another face. Like I need to talk to another person in front of
0: me. It's, it's like rejuvenating. Do y'all show up and like kind of slowly slide your test results across the coffee table and then like pick them up slowly and like a dramatic (laughs) scene out of a...
1: (laughs) No. We'll text like a screenshot and be like, yay. And like, okay, coffee date Saturday. Let's do it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. Your career is really fascinating to me because before you broke into, you know, film scoring, you were in the band Passion Pit. I'm curious how and if that translates to your work in Hollywood.
1: So I did study film scoring at Berkeley. so it wasn't a full like random pivot. I kind of had the intention set uh, ahead of time, but it it also was like I didn't follow the normal assistant route and start from the bottom, work your way up. I did start from the bottom is that like, you know, I started doing stuff for free and very, very tiny, tiny projects and kind of went from there. But I never really came up underneath anyone else. But yeah, I, I was in the band for seven years from day one. From like when I was basically the person who told Michael that the songs were really cool. Have you ever tried to play them live? And I <laughs> <laughs> just kind of whispered the whole thing. You're
0: the reason. You're the reason yeah. for fashion. Thing. <laughs> I'm, I'm the catalyst.
1: <laughs> After seven years, I kind of like had my fill with touring. You know, I, I love everyone in the band, but it wasn't easy always being around each other. I always knew like it wasn't going to be forever. And film was my passion. I was just, I was obsessed with movies. I was obsessed with how movies get made. And that's what I really wanted to focus on. When I did finally make the leap, I mean, it was terrifying because any, I hadn't done a lot, but any project I'd done up until then, I think my biggest selling point was like, he's got that cool factor. He's in a band. He knows, like, he'll make this sound really cool in synthy, which was fine. But like, I didn't want to rely on that. So when I did first jump off, I was pretty terrified. It wasn't necessarily like, oh, he's got synths. It was more like he knows how to do like pop production. He knows how to make a score not sound like a traditional score. You know, he can do something that's more like Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. I think that was that was kind of the appeal. And that was fine for me because, like, I didn't want to be John Williams. I would just kind of want to do me and kind of have fun and like write what I think would be cool. It's definitely continued. Um, You know, like some of the first people I ever worked with, I still work with. The doc series I mentioned right now is Andrew Rossi, who we've been working together consistently now for six, seven years. But I think for the most part we've also kind of stayed in that same musical genre for a lot of the projects, with with some exceptions here and there. But yeah, I've always kind of been interested in scoring being a melting pot. I would totally do a traditional score if I got hired for one, but I just don't get those jobs. Um, I usually get the ones that are like, we want synth, or we want a mix of the two. Honestly, right now i die to like work with an orchestra because <laughs> so much of what I do is synth-based and like in the box. Anytime I get to collaborate with someone, like the work becomes so much richer immediately. Uh, a lot of the times I may not have an orchestra budget, but I can hire a friend or a great musician to come to the studio for a few hours and we can just kind of mess around with things. Whenever I can have someone just kind of improvise off of music I've written, or we can like work an idea together, those I think become the most interesting pieces of music
0: I'll do. You can just feel the spark of creation in there. So, you recently, as I think a lot of folks have during this time, did a pretty big studio overhaul. I did. And <laughs> completely. I was wondering if you could talk about it. It was a big shift from the way you had your studio set up before, right? So, I work out of the one car garage
1: at our house, which is kind of like a long shoebox, it's not very much space at all. And I also have a lot of stuff. So, and I also, on top of it, uh, my wife Sophia and I co score together really frequently we do a couple tv shows together we've done some documentaries together so it's not just me in this room it kind of all started about a year or so ago where i was like how do i rethink this room where it can feel more like a collaborative space instead of like ian's scoring cave which you know plenty of the time it is just my cave but i don't want it to feel like that all the time because it just gets kind of monotonous and depressing (laughs) i do some production with bands Uh, there's a band in la called dear boy that i've worked with for years now And I wanted to be like, I can have the full band in here and not feel like we're claustrophobic. And then when it went from there, I was like, well, it doesn't sound the same as it used to. How do I make it sound better? And it went from getting all new treatment, new speakers, new furniture. (laughs) But I now have this gorgeous, beautiful studio that was properly tuned up by Rory and Spider, who work from a company called Unfuck Projects. It's like a dream room now. It feels so good to walk into every day.
0: You shifted the perspective of where your speakers are, right?
1: Yeah. My main speakers are still at the front of the room, um, but my desk is on the side.
0: Is it helpful to be able to turn away from your screen?
1: Yeah. That was a, that was another big thing is it just kind of have a spot in the room where I don't need to look at anything. I can literally just close my eyes and just listen. It's kind of creating this into more of like a multifunctional room instead of just like Here is the desk. It stays here. Here are the speakers. You can't go anywhere else. And now it's like, I can work over here. I can work over there. I can work at the back of the room. You can hear everything everywhere you are in here. And it sounds great. And it feels creative and has a nice workflow.
0: I want to make sure we talk about your piece. It's a unique and cool approach. There's a lot of like background noise from your newborn child in there. And like, it feels like a single take. It just seems like it reflects something very specific and very personal about your experience during the pandemic.
1: Yeah, I kind of just wanted to do like a snapshot of a moment in time. The melody for this piece is like one of the many random melodies that I will hum to my daughter as I'm trying to get her to put her to sleep. My wife and I just will constantly be like humming something and trying to get her sleepy to go down for a nap. And this is one of the ones that kind of kept coming back. So I kind of wanted to take that and put some chords around it and kind of turn into more of a full piece. At first I was like, well, I'll, I'll take this and I'll orchestrate it and I'll get like some string players on it. It'll sound really nice. But I was like, no, I'm going to toil away on it in the studio what if I do something completely different where I just record this on my iPhone and have it be a little snapshot of what my life is like right now?
0: Well, Ian, thank you so much for being on the show. Man, thanks for having me. This was great. And now, take two by Ian Holquist. <laughs> Thank you. Take two was performed by Ian Holquist and Nina Holquist. Chamber House is produced by Dabney Morris. See you next time.